This is Street Talk with Chris Davies, helping you maneuver the road of real estate. Get up to speed with expert insights on the mortgage industry and your Northwest stomping grounds. Buy, sell, invest, and rest. Street Talk. Now, with his panel of industry insiders, here's Chris Davies. Good morning, Seattle. Good morning to the Pacific Northwest. Welcome to Street Talk, your radio show on all things real estate. I'm lucky enough to be joined by Mr. Patrick Crowthers from Compass. Good morning, Chris. How's it going? It's going very well, but freezing outside. Blue skies will take it. I tell you, it's just, you can see the crispness in the air. (laughs) And we also have the beautiful Mrs. Rebecca Mitsui from Keller Williams. Good morning, guys. The sun is shining. I love it when the sun is shining and it's cold out. Yeah, heading over the uh, 520, heading towards Seattle, and you can just see the Olympic Mountains. It's, just, it's amazing. Mm. It's really nice when it's uh, when crisp and clean. There isn't there a prettier view in, in anywhere in the country, I don't think, when you, st- when you start to look at the Olympics and the Cascades and you have the water and all that. I mean, it's The uh, skyline is Seattle and everything, yeah. Yeah, it's no, beautiful. It's, it's beautiful all the way around. Uh, folks, the number to the show is 844-TALK-101. Uh, so just to get that out there, again, it's 844-TALK-101. A lot of things going on the, this past week. Uh, Amazon announced uh, their HQ2, or yeah. should I say HQ2s? Twos. Twos. <laughs> uh, so the big surprise is they had about 20 different choices, or they were, there were 20 finalists. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of people were sort of sitting on the fence thinking, you know, where, where are they going to go? They're going to look for maybe somewhere a little bit uh, more cost-effective. Real estate wise, so it'd be a little bit easier for people to live on a month to month basis. But uh, they ended up choosing essentially New York and DC. I know. I've it's, heard a lot of people scratching their heads about that. I mean, do you sure. think that that could have been for that reason that they didn't want everyone to bail from Seattle because the housing prices are, are so high and be like, you know what, I'm going to get the same, you know, pay and, and live over here and, you know, be able to capitalize on that? On the real estate. Do you think I mean, that that had anything to do with it? I don't know. Well, I don't know. I mean, you start to look at it. You know, you, you go you go to the financial center of the U.S., New York, and then you go to the political center mm. uh, of the U.S. in mm-hmm. D.C. So you're, you're close. Obviously, uh, uh, Bezos, has, he owns the Washington Post. Yep. So from that perspective, that, that move makes sense. But I mean, yeah, cost-effective-wise, you're not going to have people wanting to all of a sudden say, gosh, let me go to D.C. or New York versus Seattle. I mean, you got the hustle and bustle of the East Coast, uh, certainly the commute, traffic, and all those types of things. It can't be any, it can't be better than what it is here. And I've heard rumors, and I know that everybody, you know, it's, it was so funny hearing everybody that was certain that it was going to Atlanta or it was going here, going yeah, there. Raleigh. But, <laughs> exactly. But uh, I, I heard that, that the people that are, are working in, in Seattle, a lot of them have first dibs to move over to these other areas. Um, yeah, so it's interesting. I don't know how many. I don't know. I don't know what that means. Uh, when you look at it from the big, from the big, uh, impactful look as to how it affects our market here in Seattle, I don't think it's good. I think it's a zero. Yeah. Uh, when you look at what they're doing there, that essentially what they, what the plan is for those areas is to add four million square feet of office space, um, about twenty five thousand dollars per. They also did. Uh, it, may, it may have got missed somewhere, but they're also they're going to uh, have a minor technical or technology hub in Nashville. 
Oh. So yep, they're also well. going to do that as well. Like 5,000 employees or something like yeah, that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, again, it's not going to be a huge uh, impactful matter, but Nashville is a fantastic place to live. There's a lot of uh, activity there. Yeah. Um, but again, when you look at uh, just the real estate market in general, that you know, we already have 10 million square feet of office space here in, Seattle, here in Seattle. There's 4 million feet under construction as it sits right now. Uh, they have two buildings over in Bellevue that they've uh, that they acquired or have leased out. Is it so, the Expedia building? Is that I believe so, because Expedia is the one that's moving to um, Inner Bay. Yeah, exactly. So when you look at that, we're still expanding. They're still they, they currently they have about eighty two hundred jobs advertised. Yeah, for the Seattle market. Mm-hmm. So when you we take it when you take that all those things into account. Uh, the impact here is 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 all. It's I don't want to say it's quite a zero, but I would I would say it's almost a zero. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, the factors that are leading to the the price drops that we've seen, the market. You know, I think that's just a healthy market correction. Right. So what Amazon's doing, yeah, it's helped our market, but I don't think there's any anything negative about it at all. Yeah, my partner, Lisa, and I, we work with a lot of Amazon. I know you do it as well, Rebecca. And it, I feel like a lot more came out of the woodwork lately. Kind of, you know, when the market started balancing a little bit, people pumped the brakes, you know, just to see what was yeah. going on. But now that they see that there's still affordability, that, um, you know, there's still a lot of growth opportunity and letting it kind of sink in a little bit. And then also noticing that the interest rates are rising up. Yeah. People are starting to come back be like, okay, maybe it okay, is time. it's time. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I did um, an open this week and it was definitely everybody that I talked to uh, was um, that was sort of the, what they were saying? Well, we're back. We're just starting the process now because we've been kind of waiting to see, and I think they're seeing that. You know, it's not going to continue to you know go down. It's we're we're kind of like I feel like we've kind of hit that a little bit of that you know pause. And November and December are going to be like they typically are, but then in January I think we're going to start to see that ramp up again. That's my opinion. I think that one thing that that I've uh, really noticed here, and, and we were just talking about this before the show started, was the new construction. There's a lot of new construction out there, you know, the more modern townhomes, mm-hmm. and those people have options now. And so those are sitting a little longer than, than we've been experiencing in the past, but still some unique homes, some craftsman homes that have been really well maintained, some mid-century homes. Like There's a lot of great homes that are going to come and still fly off the market. We actually had, uh, Lisa was showing a client's uh, last week, within the last two weeks, in uh, Madrona area, and there was six pre-inspections. When was the oh, last time we saw that? Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. But but once again, if there's a unique home, if it's listed properly, and the, all the steps that were you know were done correct, that you know you can still have a great listing out there that's going to fly really quick. Yeah, and I also am seeing a lot of uh, uptick in contingent offers as well. So um, you know, for a while there, it was like you know people weren't quite. Why would I take a contingent offer when I can get a you know, somebody that's going to close in two weeks, yada, yada. And yet now people are more willing to take that gamble. So We have one closing next week. We were yeah. representing the seller. <laughs> it took about a month for it to sell on the other side. Uh-huh. Um, but at the end of the day, everybody's happy. Yep. Buyer got the home. Seller sold their home. I've got one on the opposite. I'm representing the buyer and, and it's uh, closing uh, Monday. So, Well, you know, I think that uh, it's a healthy time to buy just because that the stress of going out there has it has lessened, if that makes sense. So, in other words, I think pro- I think properties are priced more appropriately at yep. this point. So, if a property needs work, it's not going to go for that same price as if it were completely done. You're going to see you start to see the price variations a little bit more, at least uh, just from the little bit of viewing that I've done. 
Well, it's what you're used to. I mean, it, the interest rates right now, people are like, oh my gosh, they're hitting five. They're yeah. close to five. What? Not freaking out. Panic mode. <laughs> when was the last time they were at five over the last 20 years? And, and how much time has it spent, you know, south of five? Yeah, I think the last time that we actually hit five was about 2008. Mm-hmm. There was that blip, actually, where the Fed started to increase the rates back then. And, uh, if I remember correctly, it, it, we went to about five and a quarter at that point, mm-hmm. and then the bottom fell out because then after that, we there was a little bit of panic mode at that point in time, mm-hmm. and the Fed, well, basically at that point, was still holding the federal funds rate at zero, but there was some market activity that led to the rates going up, and then rates went all the way down to basically three and a quarter, and now we're on the opposite swing. But everything else is moving forward. At that point in time, when you look at that, that was 2008. The housing meltdown was just starting to occur. The full magnitude of that mm-hmm. wasn't known. So there, it may, at that point in time, the whole market imploded. Mm-hmm. So similarly, when you're looking at what's going on currently, you know, the one big fear that people have out there is what's going to happen with the trade war, you know, what's going to happen with China. However, on the job front, on the uh, uh, real estate side, all those things, those things are healthy. You know, so it's not, you're not looking at that so much. Yeah. So, and also the Fed's raised their rates, uh, I believe, seven times now in the last couple of years. So when you mm-hmm. look at that, mortgage rates have nowhere to go but up. And they right. meet in December again. And they meet, yeah. So the prognosis is that December rates will definitely go up. And right now, the unknown factor is what's going to happen next year. They're projecting to raise it three more times next year. And it could actually be four. Um, so you just have to wait and see what, what, what the market holds. But again, long-term rates will definitely follow the short-term route that's ongoing at this point. So rates have nowhere to go but up. I mean, if you, you know, every eighth of a point makes a difference, uh, it's going to affect the payment. So I strongly advise, especially with what we've had, with what's gone on here locally, I think that now is a fantastic time to get out there and buy, participate and do some of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can't go back to 2013 or 2014. Yeah. So you <laughs> always yeah, woulda, coulda, shoulda, but you should just have to put your best foot forward. Yeah. Um, uh, the stability that we have here. I mean, you know, again, we talk about all. You know, you get, not not to talk about Amazon too much, but I mean, Facebook and Google are one tenth the size, and they're they're expanding in South Lake Union, mm-hmm. but they're one tenth the size of what of what Amazon is doing. But that's still pretty big, comparatively speaking. When you look at the, when you look at it from a normal perspective, it's just that Amazon's so large. You know, um, interest rate wise, we're, you're right. We're right around five percent at this point. You can get a little bit better, a little bit worse, depending on what. It can be worse or better, depending on the day. Yeah, depending on what the property type is, depending on what the market's doing that day, uh, depending on what if there's a buy down or not. Uh, condos carry a higher rate than do uh, single family homes. If you're putting less than twenty five percent down, condos will carry a higher rate mm-hmm. or a higher cost for the rate. I should say. So, again, it's a good idea to know exactly where you stand and know exactly what kind of property you're buying. What, what do you do? What kind of um, education information do you give regarding buy-downs on the, on the rate? I mean, if someone, let's say, was going to say, hey, I want this to be my 10-year-plus 10, 10 home, do you suggest that or is it just is it kind of case-by-case? Case? Um, what does that even mean for a buy-down? Well, a buy-down means that you're, pay, you're paying money to get a cheaper rate. So let's say, for example, we'll just use round numbers. Okay, so let's say, for, for example, the, today's 30-year fixed rate is 5% with no points. So in other words, that's just the rate that's, a, that's right. readily available. 
Well, let's say for a half point, a point being a percentage of the loan amount being financed. So if you're financing $100,000, a half point would be $500. Okay, so it's going to cost you $500 if your loan amount's 100 to get to the next rate down. And, you know, typically the, uh, the cost between the interest rates, I call that the spread. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the spread can be less or it can be more just depending on what the market's doing. And also, a lot of it's based upon what banks want to do. Right. So uh, we'll, talk about, we'll talk about that a lot more in the next segment. Folks, the number to the show is 844-TALK-101. Once again, it's 844-TALK-101. For over 30 years, home buyers have turned to this local expert and my friend for guidance. Hey, everybody, it's John Curley with Laura Keel. It's always so great to see you, Laura Keel, from Laura's Home Loans. You and your experience is so beneficial to the clients, isn't it? It really is. It's hard to match that many years of experience. I've been through every kind of market, and uh, our loan officers are just the best. What is it that you're trying to do for clients and their family? We want them to get the house that's going to bring them joy Mm -hmm. for their entire life. What is sort of the common question that comes up all the time with mortgages? The biggest question in this area is uh, what about home values? We expect home values to be high for a long time around here. So now is the time to buy. Now's the time to refinance. That's Laura's Laura's Home Loans. Laura's got the best team working with her. You can reach her at 1-833-ASK-LAURA. That's 1-833-ASK-LAURA at laurashomeloans.com, Mortgage Master Service Corporation, CL40445, and equal housing opportunity. Thanks, Laura. Hi, this is Patrick. And Lisa. And you've heard us here on Street Talk with Chris Davies. We don't just respond to real estate questions on the show. Nope. We're ready to take your call, meet in person, and start working for you. It's our mission to provide answers, guidance, and exceptional customer service. We aim to earn your trust as your local real estate team. Patrick. And Lisa. Give us a call at 206-954-3555. Again, 206-954-3555. Buying, selling, or or both. both. Your success is what matters most. Our connections can help. Patrick and Lisa, local experts coming together to help you find your place in the world. Patrick and Lisa, you can find us at patrickandlisa.com or give us a call at 206-954-3555. That's 206-954-3555. Patrick and Lisa, you can find us at patrickandlisa.com. Hey, it's Story Monson with Brian, a fellow 3010 Weight Loss for Life customer. And Brian, your story is incredible. How much weight did you lose at 3010? 83 pounds. That is fantastic. Congratulations. My wife says that basically she has a new boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) To be back in that category where you're getting positive comments about your physical appearance, that's that's pretty cool. Well, and it worked. Finally, I broke down and bought some new clothes. and, And, you know, I have to admit, I'm looking pretty good. Isn't that fun when you get to buy that new wardrobe? Oh, yeah. I lost eight inches in my waist, and I looked in the mirror, and I just smiled. And I said, geez, Louise, sweet. (laughs) My son sent me a picture of about two and a half years ago, and then he sent me a picture from two weeks ago, and he goes, wow, congratulations. What's your story going to be? Give him a call, 855-843-3010. That's 855-843-3010. Or go to 3010weightlossforlife.com. You're worth it. Sharing the latest news and exchanging insights on the mortgage industry and all things real estate, this is Street Talk. 
Now, with an ear to the pavement of our Northwest stomping grounds, here's your host of Street Talk, Chris Davies. Good morning. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you for taking the time. Uh, it's Street Talk, your real estate show and all things real estate. Uh, we were just talking about uh, the loan process a little bit. Uh, asked the question about buy downs, when you should do it. A buy down is when you actually pay extra money through the uh, through closing costs to get a, a better rate. Uh, quite simply, I, what I what I normally would say is that. If you can break even on that additional expense and you can break even on it within a three-year time frame, uh, I, I normally would say that's a… You recommend it at that I point. I would recommend it at that yeah. point. Uh, if the break-even point is f- below or under five years or between three and five years, mm-hmm. I would say give it some consideration. Right. Like well, if it's an investment property and you plan to hold it for many years, you know th- that's generally one where even if it's a break-even at five years, you might recommend it. Yeah. And the other reason is that… The future is impossible to predict. Yeah. So when you look at what the average life of a loan is here in the States, it's, it's between five and six years. Mm-hmm. So we have all these magnanimous plans of going, you know what, I'm going to be here forever. I'm going to hold it forever. Sure. And whether or, not, whether or whether that is true or not is yet to be proven. It's All the indicators are that people are staying in their homes longer. Mm-hmm. So that statistic will probably change, in which case – the numbers of when you do it will change as well. So, and you know, if it's you know, if the break-even point is like seven years or more, then typically I would, ne- I, I, I just wouldn't do that, right? Uh, just because you're not going to see it in the sh- you're not going to see the the benefit of it in the short term. Yeah, that's uh, what I like about you, though. You give people options and you ask questions, so you know where they're at in the process, and then you can give your recommendation based upon that. And then they they also have to talk to their accountant, see what the tax implications are, sure. how that's going to benefit them. Because part of it is that you know the the mortgage interest, if you're itemizing, becomes tax deductible. Uh, now you have to look with the with the tax code changes whether that's still going to apply to you or not. Uh, so there's there's just a lot of different things to take into consideration. But uh, typically, I, if it's under three years, I, I would normally recommend the buy down. And I I bought a um, investment property last November, so yep. just over a year ago, and we changed. A few times, uh, kind of the game plan and the strategy throughout the process, even when it was pending, we actually uh, made a little change with the buy down. Yeah, and there's there's different things that you can do. I mean, you you can take a look at, um, you know, one one of the most impactful things to the loan process can be a credit score, for example. Right. So if there's a, you know, we always run the algorithm to see what it would take to take the to, to increase the score. Yep. So every That's twenty what you did po- with me. Yeah, exactly. So every twenty points can make a difference and that can change the spreads or, you know, make an interest rate that carried a cost have no cost. Right. So it's always a good idea to have somebody look at that for you because, you know, typically your typical loan closing is going to be, say, within thirty days. That's easily enough time if there's a simple thing that you can do to rapid rescore the credit or make the credit score improve. Just because, you know, a balance might be a little bit higher. Sometimes people don't realize they have a they have a small store credit card. You know, it's yeah. Gonna, I think it, in my case, I had gotten um, the mini splits around my townhome mm-hmm. investment property, and they had you know it was I think it was fifteen thousand dollars to do it. So they I only applied for a fifteen thousand dollar credit line, so I had maxed that out, and that was not looking good. Right. So, so it's like pay that down at least half to, that, to be able to. And get, the score jumped significantly. Mm-hmm, it did. So, yeah. You know, especially when there's new and fresh credit. So, you know, again, it's a good idea that people know what, you know, what goes into a credit score. 
you know, how is that credit score calculated, right? So number one, the, the one of the most important things that everyone will tell you is payment history. Right. When you borrow, you have to pay. You have to sort of pay it on time. Uh, people don't realize that in order for it to be reported late on the credit bureau, it has to be thirty-one days late. Right. You know, you have to be you just, just re- because you pay your late fee and you're a couple yeah, days late. That, doesn't, doesn't mean, mean that anything. you have a late. Right. Doesn't mean that you have a late payment on credit. It's based on the number of times that you're thirty days late or more. Right. Um, so that represents thirty-five percent of your score, your payment history. Uh, credit utilization, which is where your score came mm-hmm. into came into play. Credit utilization is how am I utilizing the credit that I have? So in other words, do I have 10 credit cards or all 10 credit cards maxed out? Yes, my payment history is perfect, but it's maxed. So therefore my, you know, I'm paying interest month to month. So I'm not necessarily the best financial manager if that's the case. Right. Right. So credit utilization will represent 30% of your score. So those two factors alone, that's 65%. So is it true? So say in that same scenario where you have 10 credit cards and say you're, you, d- you don't carry a balance on any of them at all, how does that af- affect your credit score? Should uh, you be carrying some? That's actually a great question. So every bureau, there's three main uh, credit bureaus. You have Experian, Equifax, and uh, TransUnion. They will all calculate that a little bit differently mm-hmm. you have to use the credit that you have right so if it's inactive then you're not going to get a score or benefit from that card right so typically the use would be you know using it within a six-month time frame mm-hmm. would be a good recommendation and whether you just you know once in a while just charge uh, your charge up uh, your gas fill on the car and then just pay it off right you know so there's different things you can do there so those two things represent 65 percent Length of credit history, you can't do anything about it if you're just fresh out of college <laughs> and you don't have much credit. Right. But length of credit history is 15%. So again, the longer that it's been there, the more impactful it becomes. So I have a question for you. Is it true length from the very beginning, the genesis of you having credit? Or or how about those people that follow that um, you know mindset that credit's bad, they cut up all their credit cards and they you know don't use credit for years? How, so that would not be good. <laughs> so as soon as you, again, once you, once you, there's no one that can I justify did, that. I did that too. Uh, you, but you went to some like seminar, didn't I did you? go to a seminar. <laughs> I learned a, to do brainwash. that. Learned how to not, I mean, I didn't have credit, a uh, credit card for many years and just learned to live that way, which was, that was the good part of that. However, when it came time for me to apply for even a car loan or what. I, I was really highly affected by that. Why wouldn't somebody, and I understand, like, I mean, everyone has their own mindset and they get influenced by, you know, all sorts of outside sources and whatnot. But why, if, if someone was worried about that and they're just like, I don't want to have any debt at all, you can still get a credit card and you can pay it right off. Right. Immediately. But this school of thought is that you should not have credit cards at all. It was, it was definitely, it's, it's a part of the whole um, program. So yeah. I, I and I realized years later I realized how much that damaged me because it's like I was well, starting over. Well, again, you know that that philosophy is the same sort of philosophy as when somebody has a credit event in their life. Let's say, mm-hmm. for example, something goes wrong, you lose a job, and then all of a sudden you have a bankruptcy and you go through that process. Doesn't make you feel very good. So there's a lot of negative feelings about Someone it. Someone got a spanking from it. Then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, oh, I don't want to do. I, I never want to go near it again. Yeah. Whereas I get that. Yeah, I, I get that. So, but the most important thing to do actually after a bankruptcy is to reestablish and get a new line of credit saying, gosh, you know what? I can recover from this. Right. So 
that makes it uh, – it's a tough pill to swallow because, mm. like you said, you've been spanked, so you don't want to revisit that. But the quickest way to get over it is to learn from it and uh, show better habits. Right. right? And yeah. people don't know you. People – credit people do not know you have better habits unless you demonstrate it. Yeah. And so, it, takes, it takes a while. It yeah. does. And yeah. Unfortunately, it's not an immediate fix. Uh, the, the other 20% basically is the mixer credit. Uh, by mix, uh, credit cards are unsecured. Car loans are secured, so installment loans, those types. So it's just the general blend of credit that you have. What about like hard inquiries and and, um, and that's People the other are always 10%. concerned about that. Yeah, so like a like a consumer pull, getting a credit card. If you go if you go to ten different credit cards and have ten different credit pulls, that's going to drag your score down a bit. Now the the caveat to that is if you have an eight hundred credit score and you your payment to- history is perfect, <laughs> your credit utilization is perfect. You've got plenty of credit. It's been there for a while, and you've, you're just shopping. You know, you're doing some shopping. Yeah, uh, it's going to be marginal, right? Well, right? I think people when they get up in that level, they're very, very proud of it. Oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> they guard it with their life. And mortgage so. inquiries, mortgage inquiries are completely different. What so. about total accounts? Like having a lot of credit cards. I mean, is uh, that a big? Is that a? Is as long as they're in good standing? Like, is there you have way too many cards? Again, that, that would be negative if you've utilized them in a negative manner. Yeah. But if you've got a lot of open accounts and they, you've shown an, an ability to manage all that, that's fine. Right. And then, then that's also different. If you have multiple, multiple, multiple accounts and you close a few of them, at that point in time, again, the impactful of the impact of that's going to be fairly nominal, if that makes because sense. Because typically closing an account is not a good thing. But you're saying that if you, you have – such uh, all other things considered, if you close a few accounts, it's not going to affect your score that much. Exactly. If you only have five accounts and you close three of them, yeah, that's bad. You yeah. know, yeah. if you have twenty credit card accounts and you close five, it's, yeah, it's not going to be. What's a bad more gotcha. confusing to me is what card has the best rewards. What <laughs> card has the best rewards? I mean, everybody has their own. Like, no, you got to go with the Amex. You got to go with the Venture. Yeah, you know, I think there's websites. But you like the, the U.S. Bank? I like the U.S. Bank card. I mean. <laughs> Uh, also Amex, but there's a, there's a lot of good cards out there. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of, you know, a good card is a card that you use and you use some of the benefits. Yeah. So mine's, mine's miles. So I've got my uh, my visa that has the miles on it. Yeah. So, so I mean, to me, it's a, it's a personal thing. So it's whatever you whatever you like to do. Uh, folks, the number to the show. We just had a little credit watch segment there. <laughs> <laughs> number, number to the show is eight four four talk one zero one. Once again, eight four four talk one zero one. For more than 30 years, local veterans and service members have turned to this expert and my friend for home buying guidance. Hey, everybody, it's John Curley with Laura Keel with Laura's Home Loans. Laura, our military members certainly deserve the benefits, but what are some of the opportunities that they can also enjoy when it comes to a VA loan? You know, VA loans are absolutely spectacular, and I'm just so honored that we can serve our veterans by offering this in our area. I love our veterans. What kind of questions do some of the service members have when they come to you? You know, their questions aren't any different than the questions of most people, which is, how about house values? Is this a good time to buy? Is my investment going to be pretty secure in this area? 
Those are the kinds of questions they have. The VA loan is honestly the best loan I know of in the United States. So if you're qualified, you're getting a very good loan. Laura is the one to call, 833-ASK-LAURA. That's 833-ASK-LAURA or laurashomeloans.com. My friend, Laura Keel, Mortgage Master Service Corporation, CL40445, an equal housing opportunity. What's the value of good health? Well, I think we all know it's priceless. And if carrying around extra weight has compromised your health, or maybe just affected the way you feel about yourself. Take a look at 3010 Weight Loss for Life. That's where I went to lose about 25 pounds five years ago. Created by healthcare providers, they help you with your meal planning and cooking classes so you can keep that weight off for life. Find the location nearest you. Give them a call at 855-843-3010 or 3010weightlossforlife.com. What does a chicken salad and reverse mortgage have in common? Well, the answer is Laura Keel of Laura's Home Loans. Laura, I've been calling it a seminar, and it's not a seminar, is it? Our Lunch and Learn is a very small, intimate group. We have lunch together and get everybody's questions answered. If you have questions about reverse mortgages, there's one happening November 21st in Kent. Have lunch and a pretty good chicken salad. Call 833-ASK. Ask Laura. Laura's HomeLoans.com, Mortgage Master Service Corporation, CL40445, Equal Housing Opportunity. When picking a real estate broker, customer satisfaction is key. Hi, this is Rebecca Mitsui of Keller Williams. When buying or selling a home, there's a lot to consider, and you've got a lot on your mind. As your real estate broker, it's my job to get the information that's right for you. Your interests are of interest to me. Now, there's a great deal of technology and information out there, but it takes a human touch to bring those numbers to life and close the deal. We'll utilize today's state-of-the-art tools, Keller Williams industry experience, and as a Seattle native, I know our stomping grounds like the back of my hand. I've also been honored with the Seattle Magazine Award for Best in Client Satisfaction. I'm Rebecca Mitsui of Keller Williams. Get first-class real estate service from me and my team. Call 206-935-6262. Again, 206-935-6262. If you're buying or selling, I'm here to help. 206-935-6262. Buy, sell, invest, and rest. When it comes to the mortgage industry and real estate, know the ropes, the ins and outs, and all the curves. This is Street Talk with Chris Davies with a panel of industry insiders here to take your call. Now, here's your host of Street Talk, Chris Davies. Uh, thanks for joining us this morning. It's uh, your real estate show on all things real estate. Let's go to the phones and talk to Mark. Good morning, Mark. Chris here. What's Good your morning. question this morning? Good morning. Um, I have a situation. I, uh, I sold a piece of real estate, and I paid off uh, some credit card debt. Literally, about $120,000 of credit card debt paid off in the last Congratulations. 30 days. Congratulations, yeah. And my, and my score has improved incredibly, as you can imagine. It went from 620, 630 up to almost 800 points. Wow. And so in applying for a new mortgage, because we, we're thinking about moving uh, – to Arizona, getting a new home, getting a new mortgage. Will will the new lender know that that's credit that that almost eight hundred credit score has been there for just thirty days? I mean, is it is there a history of? Do they look back and say, well, last month it was only six twenty five? You know what's going on here? Actually, you know that's actually a fantastic question because the uh, credit bureaus actually changed the way that they do the reporting on the accounts. And what they actually do now is they actually show 
your payment history over the last two years. So, or the last 12 months, I think it's the last 12 months. So they can go back actually and see the payments that were made and applied to the account over the last 12 months. So they can tell that the accounts have been paid off or that you were making minimum payments. And then, you know, last month or the month before you paid the accounts down. They, that, that's actually going to show on the mortgage report. It may not show in a consumer report, but it will definitely show in a mortgage report. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with that. And let, let me, okay. Well, yeah, let me say that my payment history has been perfect. I have no delinquencies. We yeah. are maintaining payments on that debt, but, you know, uh, it is now paid off. So I'm wondering if the fact that that score jumped 150 points, it, so my credit score is what it is. Exactly. Right? They can't say, You're, well, it's, eight, it's exactly. 800 now, but. And you can ask, ago, so. yeah. So the most important thing is that you, you know, if you score again, once it, when you do it, when you, when applying for a mortgage, uh, you want your score to be over seven forty, not to have any uh, negative impact in relation to score. If it's a jumbo loan, it's going to be seven sixty usually. But you want to make sure that your mid score is going, yeah. yeah, that your mid score is there, that you have the appropriate score for, score rating for your mortgage. And if that's the case, there's nothing for you to worry about. Sometimes it can take up to sixty days for some of the accounts, depending on how they report, when they report, uh, to show that those accounts are paid off. But if your score is already jumped, then uh, I would assume that the, uh, that all the accounts have reported accordingly. Yeah, it seems I've been tracking that. Um, and, and one last question. So there's two reports. There's my score and there's my wife's score. How do they blend those? Well, it depends on whether you, you had the – it depends on whether or not the credit cards that you paid off, whether it was a joint debt or whether it was an individual debt. Some, some were joint and some were individual. Exactly. So she'll still – score is different than my score. Ex- and that's right? the, so for a mortgage? Yeah. So for a mortgage, it's going to be the lower of the two – it's going to be the lower of the – two mid scores so if your wife had a uh, 750 and you had a 780 then the 750 score would be used on the on the mortgage uh, side of things but again that would be non-impactful uh, the fact that you paid off uh, all the accounts your wife's score would jump immensely as well if the fact that you had more accounts if some of them were individual uh, your score would probably be just a little bit higher just because of the fact that you had a few more accounts. And I think uh, we, we lost you as well, Mark. But hopefully that answers your questions. Um, that's a good question. Yeah, actually, it really is. I mean, the, that, and that's essentially what, a, you know, uh, some people in the, in the industry have the ability to do what's called a rapid rescore. If there's, mm-hmm. an, if there's something erroneous on the report, and they say, gosh, you know what, that account's paid off, but it's showing a balance. It's showing the, it's showing the fact that the account is maxed out. Right. All they have to do is, you know, they, they, they would provide me with a statement showing the fact that it's, that it's paid down. I can send that back into the bureaus and have the score recalculated it with the account being at zero versus being maxed out. Is there a cost to that, to the rapid rescore? No. No? Okay. And what is the max? I mean, 740, I mean, once you hit a certain point, what is that max that it's, it's not going to really benefit you, whether you're, you know, 800 or 812, let's say? Yeah, it depends on the loan product. I mean, uh, on the jumbo side of things, uh, jumbo in King County, Snohomish County, Pierce County would be any loan amount that's over 667500 once you get over that. So anything over 700000 really, to use simple numbers, uh, that would be considered jumbo. Most jumbo loans want to see a 760 score. Okay. Uh, but for any conventional loan, 
loans that are backed by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, you're pretty much looking at 740 and above. Anything 740 and above is going to be in the same in the same bracket. It's not going to make it any difference. It's not going to make any difference whatsoever. Because yeah. then at that point, the things that can impact it would be down payment. It's interesting how a lot of people think that the higher the score, the better, but not knowing that there is that max and also that you have to put down 20%. I still run into that every month. Do you, Rebecca, run into it every single month? I shouldn't say every month, but often um, where there's someone's like, I just need to save up more money. I'm like, how much oh. do you have? Only 10% down. Well, you, talk to the lender, give Chris a call, really find out what that means to you because it it could benefit in a major way. We had a client that I, I tell this story all the time. He saved up. He, he was ready to buy in 2012, 2013. He ended up buying in 2000, almost 2017 because he because wanted- Because he was waiting for 20 And he would have made hundreds, hundreds of, equity, yeah. of thousands of dollars. Yeah. But he I know. It's hard it. to- I think some people are just- it's, They're real conservative and they're- you know, they're just not going to, they, they think we're risk taking by putting, you know, the 10% down and, you know, paying the, the private mortgage insurance. And, and he didn't even know. Uh, th- that's, that is well, my. That's, that's the shocking thing. Yeah. The, the, other, the other part of it is that I'll, I'll add to that is the connotation of mortgage insurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, you know, the connot- people think that mortgage insurance is a negative thing. So, you know, if your payment goes up, it could just, you know, again, using round numbers, $100 or $150 or $200 for mortgage insurance. Well, let's, let, let's, let's just look at the math for a minute. If you can put 3% down and then pay $200 in mortgage insurance for only putting 3% down, mm-hmm. that's 17% that you didn't have to come up with. Mm-hmm. And then if you, you know, the people that did all this in the, in the last four or five years where the property appreciation was massive, they were able to eliminate the mortgage insurance. Right. Either through a new appraisal or, you know, by contacting the servicer. If you haven't done that, please give, give the show a call. We'll, we'll show you how that can be done, unless it's FHA, of course. But, I mean, when it, when it comes to those things, it's, it's not it's, – you're paying a little bit more a month because you don't have the down payment. That's not a negative thing. And if someone was paying $200 a month for mortgage insurance for two years, I mean, that's such a minimal cost compared to compared, what you – Yeah. Compared I mean, to the 20% as, appreciation that occurred in the meantime. As yeah. Laura would always say, you know, you can't save fast enough. Yeah. No, that's yeah. – You just can't. And that is the case now. Even if you're fresh out of college and you – even if you're making – Get six, in the game. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you got to play the game in order to in order to win at the game. Yeah. Mm. You know, so uh, – yeah. So, I mean, again, down payments, uh, they start at 3%. Uh, up to four hundred and fifty three thousand uh, between four fifty three and six six hundred and sixty seven your minimum down is going to be five percent so you can you can buy a seven hundred thousand dollar house for five percent down that 's thirty five thousand dollars right which is when you look at that <laughs> that 's almost insane and there 's a lot of people especially with the millennials that are are buying right now uh, they don't have they haven't bought and sold numerous homes which in a lot of cases that's where you get that down payment is from you know selling your your first home and so they do make the money though they have the salaries and so they can afford an ex- more expensive payment they just don't have the down payment necessarily so in a lot of those cases putting zero money not zero money but low money three and a half five percent down on a seven hundred or eight hundred thousand dollar home i mean yeah, as long as you can afford the monthly payment you demonstrate good habits uh there's nothing to be concerned about. Yeah. I mean, people know people know their own finances, but don't let don't let a previous credit event stop you from going, moving forward. And I think that's a lot of what happened because of what happened in uh, 08, 09, uh, 
right. where people, you know, the the short sales, the foreclosures, the credit events that occurred. I think that 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 in of itself created a negative impact as far as the industry goes. Folks, we have a lot more to talk about uh, today. The uh, temperature getting out, you know, getting in the car this morning was 32 degrees. So Ooh. we'll have some winter tips for you. I think Rebecca has a listing, so there's a lot more to talk about. Number to the show is 844-TALK-101. Once again, 844-TALK-101. What does the future hold? Nobody knows the answer to that, but perhaps you could enjoy some savings by refinancing. Hey, it's John Curley with my friend Laura Keel from Laura's Home Loans. Laura, we don't know what the future holds, but there are some things to consider when it comes to interest rates and mortgages, right? Right. And while we are in a higher interest rate than we were a year ago, it still can be really important to refinance, especially if you have some high interest credit card debts to pay off. It's interesting because people will sometimes let an interest rate hold them hostage and they're afraid to do something because they've got that low interest rate. Do they feel like they don't want people to know about their finances? Oh, often that's the case. And we're family. We're family focused. Our customers are our friends. Then they become family. And the nice thing about it is they tell other people about it, which yeah. then continues the great service that you offer. 833-ASK-LAURA, 833-ASK-LAURA at laurashomeloans.com, Mortgage Master Service Corporation, CL40445, Equal Housing Opportunity. Hey, it's Dory Monson with Brian, a fellow 3010 Weight Loss for Life customer. And Brian, your story is incredible. How much weight did you lose at 3010? 83 pounds. That is fantastic. Congratulations. My wife says that basically she has a new boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) To be back in that category where you're getting positive comments about your physical appearance, that's that's pretty cool. Well, and it worked. Finally, I broke down and bought some new clothes. and, And, you know, I have to admit, I'm looking pretty good. Isn't that fun when you get to buy that new wardrobe? Oh, yeah. I lost eight inches in my waist, and I looked in the mirror, and I just smiled. And I said, geez, Louise, sweet. (laughs) My son sent me a picture of about two and a half years ago, and then he sent me a picture from two weeks ago, and he goes, wow, congratulations. What's your story going to be? Give him a call, 855-843-3010. That's 855-843-3010. Or go to 3010weightlossforlife.com. You're worth it. Hi, this is Quasi with the Quasi Homes team. As a real estate agent, I love helping my clients make the most of their investment. When you are selling a fixer upper, a teardown, or buildable land, you not only want to make the most for your property, you have so many other factors to consider. Can the buyer get financing? Do I want a bunch of people walking through the property? How long will it take to close and get my money? And that's where I come in. Strategy and experience are critical with these types of properties. I'll help you measure your options, hammer out the details, and get the best value. If you are considering selling your fixer-upper, teardown, or buildable land, give me a call. 206-854-4132. That's 206-854-4132. This is Quasi with the Quasi Homes team. Start by investing in experience and strategy. All conversations are confidential. Call 206-854-4132. Maneuver the road of real estate. Now, back to Street Talk with Chris Davies. Thanks for joining us again. It's uh, Street Talk, your real estate show and all things real estate. Rebecca, I think you have a listing. Yes, we have a new listing in Maple Leaf. It's a townhome, a greenbelt townhome. It uh, has a hydronic heating and LED lighting. It's got a lovely master with a walk, large walk-in closet. In fact, two of the bedrooms have large walk-in closets. 
uh, and it has, you know, some really nice extras on it. It wasn't just one of those cookie cutter ones. It's got vaulted ceilings. It's got beautiful maple inlays, solid um, solid wood cabinets and solid wood doors, uh, wrought iron railings. It has an oversized garage. And it, you can walk to Maple Leaf Park, restaurant shops, and it's real close to the future light rail system. And, of course, there's no HOA dues. It is a zero-lot line townhome. It is three bedrooms, one and a half baths, and the list price is five ninety nine nine fifty. We are open today from one to four, and the address is ninety six zero two Northeast Roosevelt Way. Wow, nice location. Thanks. Yeah, it was great. And I love uh, you Maple said Leaf. It's, you said it's one of those green homes. Yes, it was built green originally in two thousand seven. Uh-huh. Uh, so it has it. I don't have the um, star rating. My client, um, we know that it was built green. So just in in va- verifying all of the different systems, it was it was uh, you know built green with the uh, also has the double wall insulation, so you don't uh-huh. hear the people next to you, which is nice. That's one complaint that people have with townhomes. Yeah, and the the the, um, the green aspect when it comes to appraisals, it adds it adds real value to your home. Really, it does. Uh, I mean. <laughs> Brings, it brings back an experience of mine that I had, uh, gosh, this would have been uh, 2011, 2012, something like that, where mm-hmm. we did, it was a townhome, uh, rooftop deck in the Ballard area. Okay. And it was a true green home. Uh, first appraiser that did it didn't uh, appraise it as a green home. And then when it was reappraised and they, were, they used green home comps. Interesting. It actually was, it came in uh, 50,000 higher. So somebody went to some... Actual effort. The first appraiser kind of just was banging it out. So again, it's just a matter. Again, it's again not not everyone's perfect. So things right. happen. So, so it's just a matter of knowing knowing your properties and knowing uh, what to look for and mm-hmm, such. Mm-hmm. So you know, I think that's. Uh, I think if you can can go green, that's actually one of the other things. That's what it's on my topics of changes for the future. But we'll get to that in just a minute. Um, I'm mad at appraisers, by the way. Just let me just throw that out there. <laughs> we are having. It is insane right now. There, we had one that it should have – the appraisal was just so far off. It was unbelievable. It was like there was zero was effort. somebody that was not a part, um, you know, familiar with the area? Like it, did they come from Port Orchard to Bellevue or something? You know, I, I don't really know as far as this one was concerned, but it, it appraised at value and there was nothing that should have – like it, it's just like, hey, let's just make it at value, eliminate anything. Anything. And you think it should have come in lower? No, I think it should have come way higher. Oh, and not that it mattered. Not that okay. it mattered, but I just feel like I don't know. Yeah, I think that again, it's it's a conservative field. They're being conservative, yeah. And I think if they don't have to appraise it for more, then uh, it just depends. I, I I rarely see appraisals come in above value or above asking price. You see it once in a while. I mean, uh, but if it's clearly over and above, it should come in over and above. But I think. Uh, Again, if you don't have to appraise it for more, uh, your appraisal rating, because they actually, there's an internal grade that goes to appraisals, depending on the co- comparisons used, depending on the adjustments and those types of things. So uh, when it comes to the Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac side, all appraisals are evaluated by a computer and they have a one to five rating. Mm-hmm. So. If, well, I want to see the rating on this one. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm pissed. It was low <laughs> so no, if the rating if the if the rating was perfect, then you know that you're you're good. Then there's no question at all. It just makes everything on the back end go more smoothly. I see what you're saying. But okay. if the appraisal if the appraisal comes in at the, at the lowest rating possible, then it be then it's almost an unsellable loan. You have to fix that rating 
to get it to a point where it can work on the back. That's why they're going to that value. Conservative, yeah. Well, the value, the value has nothing to do with how the appraisal's graded. Got you. Right? Yeah. So, in other words, that, that grading of the appraisal is important. Because you found perfect comps, then yeah. it gets a higher grade. Okay. Well, I mean, that, you know, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac buy 95% of the, the, the right. loans out there if they're within those conforming loan amounts. So, there's a lot that goes on in the back end. So, that's mm-hmm. one of the things that you have to be aware of. I'm very familiar with this area. I've seen, gone in a lot of the homes that I even used as comps. And so, Patrick's fired. I'm up. pissed. <laughs> <laughs> no, you it, should call the appraiser. You should, you should actually call him and say, hey, what, you what can your, actually do that. Chris you can, can't. Yeah, you can actually do that. But, you know, Especially after the fact, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just, just have a conversation. Like, hey, hey, what friendo. happened here? <laughs> but if nothing else, if nothing else, you can actually uh, you know, have a conversation and uh, learn what it learn. was. Yeah, yeah. And, see, and get their perspective on it. And that's mm. a great conversation to have. Obviously, don't mention names unless you really want to upset somebody. Yeah. I'll just um, wait until it closes. <laughs> <laughs> so, winter tips. I mean, it was 32 degrees this morning. Do you feel the, did you feel the. The, the briskness. Definitely looking outside, seeing the frost everywhere. Yeah, so some, some, some tips for folks out there. I mean, one of the things that uh, we have seen that happens quite a bit is water damage in homes. Mm-hmm. You know, he- heaven forbid that something happens between the closing, uh, you know, the signing of the documents and the funding. This is actually Especially vacant homes. That's, yeah, that's what really I'm talking gets about. messy, yeah. We had somebody that signed one time, didn't move into the property until like, uh, you know, they signed. House closed the next day, but in between, the pipes froze. And it just ruined the floors, right? So one of the things that people should do is is have an emergency emergency shutoff system and have sensors that can detect if there's water or not. Cost of that's anywhere from four hundred to say about three thousand dollars. But if you do something like that, you can avoid some sort of catastrophic event because you all know water is one of the things. It's a force of nature that you can that you cannot stop. No, I'm curious if they did their final walkthrough like right before closing. Yeah, they, 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 they did. Like, so yeah, it yeah. was literally perfect timing in a bad way. Yeah, do storm. You, <laughs> do you always do final walkthroughs? What is your thought? Oh on- gosh, Pat, I do. Um, when I was first in the business, um, I didn't realize the value of them. I didn't have like a mentor or somebody that was really kind of uh, teaching me along the way. So anyway, I had a listing or a, a buyer that closed. Um, he was out of town and I said, do you want to do the walkthrough? And he goes, you know, I'm out of town. I can't do that. So I, in my ignorance at that time, did not do the walkthrough for him. I should have. Uh, when I came time to meet him to, to give him the keys... We get there and there's, you know, so much junk in the house, paint cans, uh, mattresses, uh, the whole shed was filled with stuff. It's so crucial to, to come in and make sure that your client is, because that's where I probably, you know, in that first, after that time, I never, I always do a final walkthrough because I ended up saying, hey, this is my fault. I'm going to go ahead and get junk boys out here and get rid of all of it. And it was about $2,000. And this was like 15 years ago. So, I mean, <laughs> it was just a great, it was a great learning thing for me. So I always do. I also had one where we did a walk through the, the day of closing. We had done one before, but then we did, went the day of closing. The entire um, yard was flooded. And so we called escrow and said, hold up that closing, you know, hold it up. And we were able to actually, um, they, they didn't disclose that this, this yard had, had flooded quite a few times and we were able to get uh, $5,000 from the seller on the day of closing so that my client could go in and get a sump pump in the yard and get it fixed or whatever. So yeah, that final walkthrough to me is just like, ah. 
we had an interesting one <laughs> in, a, in a nice neighborhood and the seller was amazing. We were representing the buyer mm-hmm. and uh, we went through and we went down in the basement and um, we noticed that the wall was all scuffed up. Yeah. And, and this, just knowing the seller, it didn't seem like something that they would, that they would have done, but um, someone ended up breaking in and stealing oh. the washer and dryer. We noticed we're like, where's the washer and dryer? And so we called them up and they're like, we didn't take the washer and dryer. Ended up someone came broken and stole that stuff. Wow. So the seller ended up giving a $3,000 credit yep. for all that damage. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, it's been a great show, guys. Pat, how do people get a hold of you? It's been fun. I really enjoyed my time here today. You can give me a call anytime, whether you're buying or selling or just have some questions about the market. My number is 206-701-4487. That's 206-701-4487. You can shoot us an email or look us up on patrickandlisa.com. And Rebecca, how can people get a hold of you? Yeah, you can look me up at firstclassseattle.com. That's our website. Uh, My number is 206-935-6262. And you can also look up our new listing at mapleleafhomes.online. Oh, fantastic. Check out the green home. That's right. Uh, You can give me a call at uh, Laura's Home Loans, Mortgage Masters. Uh, My direct line is 206-856-5438. I think it's always a good idea to get pre-approved, uh, find out where you're at, whether even whether it's a refinance or whether it's a purchase. It doesn't, uh, you know, if you want a free evaluation to see what the benefits are to consolidate or just moving forward, uh, you know, what, what, what my outlook is if I buy this home or that home. Happy to do all of the legwork involved in that. Folks, have a fantastic day. Enjoy the Sunday and be safe. Chris Davies, MLO 105695, Mortgage Master Service Corporation, CO 40445, Equal Housing Opportunity. Hi, this is Patrick. And Lisa. And you've heard us here on Street Talk with Chris Davies. We don't just respond to real estate questions on the show. Nope. We're ready to take your call, meet in person, and start working for you. It's our mission to provide answers, guidance, and exceptional customer service. We aim to earn your trust as your local real estate team. Patrick. And Lisa. Give us a call at 206-954-3555. Again, 206-954-3555. Buying, selling, or or both. both. Your success is what matters most. Our connections can help. Patrick and Lisa, local experts coming together to help you find your place in the world. Patrick and Lisa, you can find us at patrickandlisa.com or give us a call at 206-954-3555. That's 206-954-3555. Patrick and Lisa, you can find us at patrickandlisa.com. For more than 30 years, local veterans and service members have turned to this expert and my friend for home buying guidance. Hey, everybody, it's John Curley with Laura Keel with Laura's Home Loans. Laura, our military members certainly deserve the benefits, but what are some of the opportunities that they can also enjoy when it comes to a VA loan? You know, VA loans are absolutely spectacular, and I'm just so honored that we can serve our veterans by offering this in our area. I love our veterans. What kind of questions do some of the service members have when they come to you? You know, their questions aren't any different than the questions of most people, which is, how about house values? Is this a good time to buy? Is my investment going to be pretty secure in this area? 
those are the kinds of questions they have. The VA loan is honestly the best loan I know of in the United States. So if you're qualified, you're getting a very good loan. Laura is the one to call, 833-ASK-LAURA. That's 833-ASK-LAURA or laurashomeloans.com. My friend, Laura Keel, Mortgage Master Service Corporation, CL40445, an equal housing opportunity. When picking a real estate broker, customer satisfaction is key. Hi, this is Rebecca Mitsui of Keller Williams. When buying or selling a home, there's a lot to consider, and you've got a lot on your mind. As your real estate broker, it's my job to get the information that's right for you. Your interests are of interest to me. Now, there's a great deal of technology and information out there, but it takes a human touch to bring those numbers to life and close the deal. We'll utilize today's state-of-the-art tools, Keller Williams industry experience, and as a Seattle native, I know our stomping grounds like the back of my hand. I've also been honored with the Seattle Magazine Award for Best in Client Satisfaction. I'm Rebecca Mitsui of Keller Williams. Get first-class real estate service from me and my team. Call 206-935-6262. Again, 206-935-6262. If you're buying or selling, I'm here to help. 206-935-6262. The average time a resume spends on an HR manager's desk is seven seconds, and most of them are tossed aside. Now imagine if one of those resumes belonged to Yasmin, who was... Living in a shelter, juggling three jobs. I had to be resilient. That's something that you can't teach. Or if that resume was from someone who... Worked 12-hour shifts at the recycling company with my dad, who's 72. That taught me a work ethic that I carry with me every day. We rely so much on a resume, yet it could never tell the full story of someone. Growing up where I did, a lot of things could have gotten in the way of my goals. But I learned to push through, and that's what I bring to work every day. So maybe it's time we look beyond the resume and look to grads of life. Discover new ways to develop great talent that are so much more than what's on paper at gradsoflife.org. A public service announcement brought to you by Grads of Life and the Ad Council.